1: Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 243, which is airing in late March of 2022. This episode is going to be all things that are saving our lives right now. Saving my life right now is a phrase you might recognize from podcast and blogging world. Apparently, it's been used a lot. Sarah read up on the history of it. You want to share that with us? Yeah. So it's been
2: been mentioned in a lot of places, probably a lot of places our listeners are familiar with. And in my Googling, I got to Anne Bogle's site, Modern Mrs. Darcy, who we love. And she notes that the idea comes from author Barbara Brown Taylor, who in her memoir, Leaving Church, she tells about a time she was invited to speak and her host assigned her this topic. Tell us what is saving your life right now. Kind of sounds like a breakout session,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which we are on our retreat, our best of both worlds retreat. We decided to record a couple of episodes on this retreat. And uh, we had a little breakout session where Sarah and I went to separate corners of this table (laughs) (laughs) and each came up with a handful of things that are saving our life right now, which we are going to reveal in real time to each other. We have not seen each other's lists, although I feel like we may know each other well enough that we're going to (laughs) recognize what comes up. Um, But we will alternate going back and forth with the things that are saving our lives right now. It'll be a surprise to both of us what we each came up with and to you as well, I imagine.
2: So Sarah, why don't you start? Sure. Okay. The first one, I feel a little guilty, including because they are a sponsor of Best Late Plans. So sorry. But they actually are saving my life right now. Like I think I would be using this product whether or not I was working with them. And it's preptish because I have reached a critical level of meal planning fatigue. I like just don't feel like it. All I can think of to make for my kids if I wasn't using something is like tacos. Like that's all I can come up with and prep dish. Like they just email you your stuff. The shopping list is already there. So it's like a very mindless way. I've been doing grocery delivery, which is not on my list here, but probably could be, but I just use that to create my grocery list add our like normal lunch stuff. And it's just like one less thing to think about. I don't do a lot of the cooking in our house. I usually do cook on like Sunday nights. So I get to like start the prep dish stuff and then our nanny kind of takes over. But it's actually been really, really helpful. I'm sure there's also other services that are similar, um, but this is really working for me. Excellent. Well, my
1: first one is going to be my son Alex's pogo stick. So we have been trying to uh, limit... The screen exposure for him in particular, I think he is better behaved when he has more limited access to it. So it's been sort of he can have one hour of iPad time after dinner in the evenings. But of course, that leaves lots of other hours to fill with various things. And he's a very high energy kid. And so we have had to figure out, well, what can he do with that time? And one thing he really likes doing is bouncing on his pogo stick. So he and Ruth both got pogo sticks for Christmas. and you know, he's really good at it. It is, um, amazing sort of what you can do when you practice. Like the first time he got on it, he fell off after three bounces and he saw one of his big brothers manage to do like 15. He's like, well, wait, I should be able to do that. And so he did that and they kept practicing. He got up to like 300 in a row, which we actually bothered to look like, what is the world record? And, and so, um, for children, it's like in the the low thousands. So who knows? We, we may be reporting back on, on our Guinness World <laughs> Book. I, I'm kidding, but I don't think we're going to get a Guinness Book of World mm-hmm. Records attempt. But it's not totally outside the realm of possible. You mm-hmm. have to video it, I bet. No, you have to have a representative there, yeah. I think. Yeah, oh, really? Point. Yeah, no, because you're logging your attempt. Like, What is the attempt going to be? Because you can't just say, oh, I did it, right? Like, no, but I would think verify. they would accept a video. Maybe. How can you fake that? I'm sure you could fake that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing lots of activities with him: parkour, you know, gymnastics, swimming. Um, he has a bike that he rides around the driveway too. But I think the pogo stick has, and obviously, we're ordering like a ton of graphic novels as well because he reads those. But uh, the pogo stick has been nice, though. So, because he could also just like we'll be like go outside and do your pogo stick, and then he disappears for like twenty minutes before he needs to be entertained again. But That's the pogo amazing. stick,
2: yes, amazing. Well, as I said, if we did one that like related to ours, then I would pivot and go in that order. So I will go after this with. Well, this is a dual one. I mean really what is saving my life is being off of Instagram. I've been off since like, I don't know November I forget I don't even actually remember <laughs> like but I put a post up and was kind of like I'm not gonna respond here anymore. I'm so sorry like leave me alone. please comment on my blogs send me an email I'll do something else if you want to reach out but like I'm just not gonna be here and I haven't since then I like I can count that I've there's been a couple times I need to like look something up like oh, I need to see this person's account so I'll go in on my computer but I have not done a single Instagram scroll. And I am just really a happier person. Um there was Although th-
1: you have missed the photos of my wallpaper. No,
2: it's a shame. You're gonna have to just every time you post something to Instagram you think I would like, you just text it to me. That's true. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, there was a time when I was like doing a little bit of Reddit and that was creeping in, and then I'm like, no, this is the same, the same deal. So I'm off. But a tangent to that is that we've actually been doing a screen free month. Now, as we record this, we're only nine or ten days in because you know, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time, but by the end, I will assume that my kids will have been off screens for all of March. I did set a very hard, bright line here. I just told the kids, we're doing a screen-free month. Don't even try. And it's worked. I thought it would be like a punishment for me. And the reason I did it is because I just felt like my kids were – just too obsessed. Like, when can we do it? What can we do? Like, it seemed like that was the only thing they cared about in a way. And I was just like, I think this is getting to an unhealthy point. Plus I just wanted to see if maybe behaviors would be better or bedtime would be easier without screens. And it actually has made things a little better and has been less hard than I anticipated it being. I'll say there's like a little bit more mess to clean up because they're playing with physical items instead of a screen, for example, maybe like before bedtime, but it hasn't been as bad as I had feared. And also my kids are at the age where they can like pick up their stuff. So yeah, this being off of Instagram slash screen free month. Sounds good.
1: Although by screen free month, I mean, you, you're you still on your computer okay. right now. Yes. I am
2: still on my computer, obviously for work and for doing all kinds of things. I have been kind of monitoring my screen. Like if the kids are not on screens, I'm not going to be like in my computer in front of them. So it has caused me to have like less recreational screen use. But yeah, I still blog. I still do Wordle. Like, let's be real. It's not, I'm not entirely screen free. It would be hard to do that. But they are. Okay. Well, uh, they do homework. They so. do homework. Yeah. So
1: they're yeah. on for that. But yeah.
2: yeah. All
1: right. So my next one is recording in my closet. So I have an office closet. Anyone who is on Instagram may have seen the wallpaper in there. that is. Uh, it looks like an old library, the wallpaper that is in the closet. But anyway, it is now my recording studio. And it is not perfect. I'm sure we'll have people write in and be like, well, your sound quality on here isn't, you know, great. I'm aware of that. I'm trying to soundproof it, but we've had some issues with that. However, it is a lot quieter in terms of ambient noise than my office was in the old house. Because there's no windows in there. It's like interior. So, you don't hear people in the rest of the house. You don't hear the neighbor's Chainsaws or leaf blowers or whatever else they were doing, roof repair jobs. And I realized that I I mean, I could just choose so many more times to do the recordings that I need to do, whether that's ads, before breakfast episodes, things like that. It's like the stress that has been lifted that I'm not constantly thinking I'm going to get interrupted by somebody's chainsaw. I mean, it just like I'm thinking about like during the pandemic and you know, when I had five children home and the neighbor's noise and things like that, I was always stressed about when I was going to record. And now I just do it. Unless there's like workmen working like right upstairs, it can almost always work. Uh, So that has been a source of stress. I didn't really even realize how much I was carrying around and just does not exist anymore. So having a dedicated, quiet recording space.
2: That is awesome. doesn't matter if it's a closet. If it's quiet, it's excellent. By the way, you might hear the ocean in the background.
1: Or, or the air conditioner in our hotel room. It makes some sort of funny noises when it goes on and off. So we are not recording in our closets currently.
2: Yes. So any critique of our sound on this episode does not apply to that love. Okay. Perfect disclaimer. All right. My next one is consuming news in an intentional scheduled way. And that is, of course, because, you know, there's just so much going on in the political landscape. I mean, who knows when this airs, there could be even more things. I don't know. There's so much you could be sad about every day. And you could, if you wanted to, literally spend your entire day jumping from panic-inducing headline to another and being sad about it. But that probably, as much as it feels sort of like you're helping someone just by, you know, wallowing in it, it's actually not really. So it doesn't mean don't take action. It doesn't mean don't donate or don't reach out in the ways you feel appropriate. But in terms of actual news consumption, I personally am just committing to basically limiting it to Up First and Pantsuit Politics, which comes out. I don't do any of their extras, so I just get one episode a week. That gives me a little bit more analysis. I recognize there are so many other sources that are excellent that are out there. But Up First seems to be... It just gives me what I need and not much else so I can stay as informed as I need to without going beyond that.
1: Yeah. And definitely trying to channel some of that energy of like wanting to find out what's going on and sort of obsessive news consumption to doing something practical, whether that is, you know, donate to an organization or, um, you know, to uh, writing legislators if it's about an issue that is, you know, within that purview. But those are more practical you know, helpful things more impactful. to do, more impactful things to do than simply clicking on a headline that in many cases is designed to get you, you know, as riled up as possible. So yes, good idea. Well, mine's a lot lighter. My next one is <laughs> uh, doggy daycare. So this is a thing. And we have found a place that we, we take Max to some days that it's once he passed the sort of socialization, you know, screening they do to make sure he's not going to be attacking the other dogs or causing problems at, at the center. It's drop in during their open hours and you don't need to, you know, don't need to reserve it, you know, re- reasonably affordable and certainly less than child daycare. Obviously there's reasons for that, but um, but it's sort of been interesting to me that there are not, I mean, I'm sure there are some child cares that work on this, like your gym child care would work on the, you know, you do the initial registration and then you drop in when you need it. But it is so convenient because we don't have to think through, like, oh, we have workmen working in the kitchen on Tuesday. It's going to, you know, make him so stressed to be in the next room and have these people he doesn't know. So we're going to bring him to doggy daycare on Tuesday. And you don't have to do this ahead of time and reserve it and think it through. you just like, oh, yeah, that's on the schedule. So we'll bring him in on this day. So, it, it, you know, it, it's great that there are those things um, that you can do.
2: Yeah, I wish there were more options for that. with, with child care. Childcare. I
1: was thinking that, you know, why, I guess because there's plenty of people who have sort of more irregular work that, you know, if you had a center that had the ability to, to accommodate that, I'm sure that would be a real service for, for many people. But, you know, I know it's very hard to operate financially because you need different staffing levels and things you need to do. There's obviously a lot more regulation of, of child care. For obvious reasons, but for good reasons. For good <laughs> reasons. But but it is interesting that there is that model for pets. And because it's very helpful.
2: Yes. Well, let's take a quick break and we will get back to some more things saving our lives right now. All right, we are back and I am up. And this one's a little obvious. But we didn't say there were things saving our lives that you wouldn't have thought of. (laughs) So so I feel like I'm allowed to do this. Planning on paper. So specifically daily planning because, I don't know, I just find having a new page to start fresh on every single day, to write out what I want to do with that day, to check off the things, you know, the metrics that I kind of like want to hit. Like I – It really helps me. I crave that. So even though I love weekly planning, I can see how one might go digital with that. But for daily, I am like always, always going to have a piece of paper that I turn to every day.
1: Nice. I like my paper products too. Now I'm learning about all kinds of new ones because I'm listening to Best Laid Plans. So uh, <laughs> if other people are not listening to that yet, I encourage you to check it out. And one of the fun things of being here together in Vero Beach, Florida, is I'm looking at some of Sarah's products that she has brought along. I had seen the picture of your Hobonichi small thing. Um,
2: <laughs> that is my A6 Hobonichi Tesho. Yeah,
1: yes. so I had seen a picture of that on your blog, but now I can see it in person and see what that uh, cover looks like. Very exciting. All right. So my next uh, thing that is saving my life right now is my piano. So when we bought our house, we took some of the furniture and such from the pri- previous owner, who was downsizing quite a bit, um, and so he left his grand piano. And I have never owned a grand piano, but it's always been something I have been interested in in having, and it's great. I go and play for 10 to 15 minutes, like here and there during the day. If I have a break, you know, or I'm waiting, like I know I have a call starting in in 20 minutes, but you know, so I can't really start anything big before then I'll just go and play a little bit. And and mostly what I've been playing is a Debussy and and Bach, because those are the books I found. I haven't found all my piano books yet um, in the unpacking process. I suppose I could just buy something else. But it's, it's been good to go through and, and practice some of those pieces. And curiously enough, um, Alex has actually started, he's asked about learning it. So I, I've been teaching him how to do little fingerings with the, you know, playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. He needs to start piano lessons at some point, but I'm kind of a little wary of that. <laughs> but it's a, you know, you have to be old enough to sit through it. But anyway, I have really been enjoying uh, having that musical outlet just there. And and it's such a beautiful instrument that I've, I've really enjoyed playing it.
2: Interestingly, we also bought the piano that was in our new house. So we will have that available as well. I don't know how beautiful that instrument is, but it works and I'm kind of excited to have it there. So yeah, very cool. All right. That wasn't on my list though. So I still get to do another one. All right. My next one is reading physical books and also putting less pressure on myself to read a specific number of books. I, in the past few years, at least in 2020 and 2021, created almost what was like a book syllabus for myself for the entire year. And I really enjoyed doing it. Like it was fun. I had no stress about it. It was pretty much purely enjoyable. For some reason, this year, it felt like too much pressure. I don't know why. Maybe I had too many things on that list that were like, I wasn't as excited about, but I was just like, you know what? going to lighten up the mood. Let's turn this list into a like maybe read in the future list and then just read what I feel like reading. And it has helped so much. I also have ditched the Kindle because I know it's very convenient, but I just don't like it. (laughs) Like for some reason, there's something about the tactile, turning the page, feeling the thing. I don't know. It's probably just my upbringing and what I'm used to and like how my brain is programmed to read books. But I greatly prefer my books on paper. I'm reading ones that I um, either have bought or like some back stuff that I own. Like I feel like I have a number of things on my shelf that I would like to read that I already own on paper. And then of course, I love my library holds list. So I will use that as well. But um, yeah, that's kind of like where I am with books right now. And for anyone curious, I'm currently reading Tara Brock's Radical Acceptance as my morning Read, and then Lauren Groff's Matrix in the evenings, which is set in the eleven hundreds in a nunnery. So they're two very different titles. <laughs> but it's
1: weird. is that what you normally do? Nonfiction in yeah. the morning, and then fiction yeah, yeah. at night.
2: Okay. I always have some sort of nonfiction or like memoir in the morning, and then like a novel at night.
1: Hmm. Very cool. I'm I'm reading on the Kindle app a lot just because I mean it. If I'm putting the toddler to bed, you know, you're in the dark something you can look at, or if you're waiting for him to go to sleep, that's, you know, it, it allows me to use that time in a way that I would probably just go nuts if I wasn't. So, all right. But that's not my next saving my life right now. Um, <laughs> this one you're going to laugh is that you can now buy beer at the grocery store in Pennsylvania. And this, this changed possibly in the pandemic. They, they opened it up a lot more. Uh, they, you know, it was fewer stores you need to have open or something. I don't know. But the rules in Pennsylvania had been incredibly strict for um, state store. Story store, uh, And then now it's at the grocery store and it has to be separate registers. There's only reg- certain registers you can do. And I think for a while, this may have changed too, but they were having to have it as a separate entity, right? So it, they, it used to be it could be a separate store in the store. Now it's like, you know, you can go to a cash register where you can buy other things, but they would call it something else like, in one of my places I go to, they call it the frosty mug. And then those two registers. Do they have wine too or just beer? Yeah. So I think you can buy wine too. I mean, I I don't because I just drink beer now, but um, <laughs> the, it, it's not that we're buying a ton of it, but not having to go to another store to buy a bottle of wine or buy, you know, a six pack of, of craft beer is quite convenient. If you, you know, have a, having people over or whatever. Um, its Yeah. Having it in one place is just infinitely.
2: I wonder how convenient. many other states are still like holdouts. Holdouts like on that. I don't know.
1: It was Pennsylvania held out for a long, long time. And there were, there were certain odd things too. Like you couldn't sell like a 12 pack at certain places. You could sell a six pack or a 24. <laughs> there was no like, I don't know. There were a lot, a lot of sort of arcane rules uh, associated with it. But. Now we can buy it at the grocery store like, like normal people.
2: <laughs> like Floridians and North Carolinians, yes. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Okay, well, also on a festive note, date nights. And also I feel very grateful to have a babysitter that doesn't mind like doing random Saturday nights. She actually drives fairly far because she's like, She lives in a town that is, was like 30 minutes from our Miami beach house and also 30 minutes from our Cooper city house. So we've kept her throughout and we love her. And during the pandemic, I was like, you know, I don't really need date nights. And it's true. I don't like need them, but I've really started missing them at some point. I like having that adult time to look forward to. I like doing them with friends. Sometimes I like doing them with just Josh. Sometimes I guess that's, you know, we just did our retreat episode. This is a micro micro retreat for me. And I like having one of those, maybe two of those in a month to look forward to. So super excited. I have a date night. As this episode airs, I will have just had a nice date night, hopefully. So yes, saving my life.
1: So also, I not I mean, what are we say? Saving my life right now. I mean, sorry, like just things that are cool, that are yes, helpful. Yes. Um, is gas fireplaces. Mm. And so, you know, one might not need such things here in Vero Beach, Florida but in the cold and chilly north a room can have a bit of a a cold feeling to it but if it has a gas fireplace you can hit the remote control turn on your fire and it toasts right up Um, so i've been doing that in we have one in the master bedroom we have one in my office and we have one in the family room and so it's been really nice to turn on the one in my office on a chilly morning if I am doing my rituals, reading my Shakespeare, whatever else, sit in the chair with the fire going. I feel very old school in an office with a fireplace and reading Shakespeare. But, you know, it makes for a nice working experience. It feels very cozy and I always get cold. So, not being cold is a big win. That's the part that's saving my life right now.
2: That is huge. This is also not on my official list, but I do have a space heater at mm, work that nice. is really sad because it's just a combat over air conditioning, but yes. it, it often does save my life. So, All right. On a deeper note, I will include mental health professionals, both those that see children and those that see adults. I feel like I've been really lucky to find great providers, specifically for some kid issues in the past. And I'm in the process of hopefully finding someone great to bounce things off of myself. Even though I don't have a like specific issue or diagnosis, I just think I would benefit from having someone that is paid to listen to me say whatever I feel like saying for a little bit. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, I like we've gotten to this point where I I actually choose a provider much more by word of mouth rather than whether they're in my health network, because Our network seems a bit limited, and I know there's such a mental health provider shortage. I think that's the case with a lot of people who are trying to go through insurance. So I've gotten to an accepting place about just paying cash for someone that is good, and it does feel like it's worth it, or it has been worth it, the providers that we've worked with before. So just grateful that there are people out there who do put a lot of time and energy into being really good providers and listeners in that realm because it's very important.
1: That's very good. well, I'm gonna feel bad about having my next one, which is also <laughs> light and fluffy That's okay. uh, but you know having a sort of a uniform that you wear daily is just it cuts down on a lot of mental processing and and I think it's good to have a couple outfits that you really like and that fit you. And I bought a couple pairs of jeans this fall that, I mean, boot cut may not be hip or whatever, but I think it's cool
2: again. Is so it cool again?
1: Okay. I don't know. I, I liked it in the nineties and I like it now. So whatever, I'm going <laughs> to keep wearing them and it went up a size. I will um, put that out there as an idea for people. If you're feeling unhappy about the way your clothes look like you should ignore whatever size you think you are and buy for the size you are, and it will look better on you. And like nobody cares if it's a size, you know, twelve versus an eight, or rip out know, the tags if it makes a you four feel. Four versus a ten, or whatever else. Like it just does not matter. Make up your own size for it. Um, you want something that fits and looks good on you. So I have my uniform of my dark wash bootcut jeans, my Calnex neck sweaters, my checked sort of pattern scarf from Pendleton, Cute. which, um, you know, I was in one part of life, I was thinking of one, maybe I need a Burberry, scarf. nobody needs a Burberry scarf, but I've, I've never bought one because it's too expensive. I've never want to ask for one for a gift. Cause it's just like ridiculously expensive for a scarf, but Pendleton was very nice and was much cheaper. So I wear that and I wear these suede wedge shoes that are very, very comfortable. And then for the life of me, I cannot remember what brand they are. So we'll have to look that up. When I get home to them, because they did not come with me to Vero Beach, Florida. But it's my look, and I'm going with it, and I wear it every single day. What's your summer version of the See, look? See, that is a good question. I need a summer version of the look. I am wearing a pair of jean, sort of cut-off jean
2: longer shorts, shorts, longer shorts yes.
1: Bermuda-length shorts, um, which I love, um, but I'm not sure I can wear them to... I mean, I wear them around the house. But they're not as dressy. But they're not as dressy. Like I, I mean, I wear, wear a lot
2: of out. long pants in the summer because, yeah. I mean, I don't know, just to, like, keep the mosquitoes from biting at me. Like, I often won't like, I'm dressed right now. I'm wearing a tank top and jeans. Like, that is more common for me. I don't always feel like my legs need to circulate air. Yes. So maybe your jeans could part of, part
1: per, of your – Yeah, anymore. they could. Might, they might need a different cut for summer since I'm not wearing wedge, you yes. know, boot-type things uh, in, the, in, the win- in the summer. But, yeah, maybe – I have some – longer shorts, like, you know, khaki and dark green sort of type shorts and I wear with um, sort of dressier tank top type things. Um, and with a nice pair of sandals, that would probably be a good summer uniform. But I'll have to work that out. I will report back. Well, but this has been an episode of all sort of loves of the week, things that have been saving our lives right now. But, you know, we encourage you to make such a list. I mean, the reason it this idea keeps coming up with different podcasts and different blogs and, you know, that, uh, that it took off so well, is because it is so easy to focus on things that are, you know, wrong in your life. And, and many of those maybe should get some attention and get fixed if that's possible to do. But if there are things that are helping your life right now, acknowledging those and being happy about them can go a long way. Just like, yay, I don't have to stress about the sound of the neighbors, um, you know, don't have to make a Fire! If I want a fireplace, <laughs> fire in the fireplace. I can just turn on the remote. It's you know these little things that bring bring happiness um, are really it's, it's like gratitude. Exercise. It's a gratitude exercise in its in its own way. And so it's you know especially if life can be tough sometimes and obviously it's, the world is tough and we we probably have it a lot easier than most. But you know it we should celebrate those things that are that are going right too.
2: Plus, it's always fun, in my opinion, to, to hear other people's lists because it, it might remind you of something either that you wanted to try or something in your own life that you're similarly grateful for. So I, I never really get tired. Like that's an episode I'm always going to click on on another podcast <laughs> if they're talking about the things that like a list of things they love. That's so fun. hopefully you've clicked on this one. I <laughs> guess if you've made it all the way
1: through to uh, 28 minutes, hopefully you have. Uh, but anyway, we'll be this has you know, been best of both worlds. We'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together.
2: Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram.
1: And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the best of both worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together.
0: side.